us pray. We pray that you will give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. Pray also for me so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I may declare it boldly. Amen. Please be seated. So just a few days ago, we moved our oldest daughter off to college, and so it's kind of put me in mind of back when I was at that phase of life. It's been a few years, well, 30 years, actually, since I went off to college. Um, and then the reading for today from Ephesians also brought back something for me from that phase of life. From a couple years later, when I was 19, I was just finishing up my sophomore year of college at Stetson University down in Florida. And like many college students, I was looking for a summer job. So my friend Nicole, she had been a summer camp counselor actually at the camp that she had grown up going to over near Tampa, and she was able to help me to get on that summer as a camp counselor along with her. So now I had never been to this camp, but I did feel a lot better about going knowing that my friend Nicole would be there on staff with me. And I thought, you know, this would be a good kind of summer job to have, a good learning opportunity, because at the time, I was hoping to become a high school English teacher when I graduated from college. And so I thought it would be really good for me to get some experience working with kids, which is kind of funny looking back because I was, <laughs> because I was 19, and so I was really barely older than some of the campers. So there were a lot of fun things to do at camp. There we had zip lining, we had campfires, and we did canoeing, uh, albeit it was canoeing in a creek that had alligators in it, so that kind of added a level of danger and challenge. Um, so there was all the fun things you would expect at camp. There were also some difficult and heavy things going on at camp that summer. Um, and for those of you who haven't done it, being a camp counselor is really a pretty intense 24-7 kind of job. It's fun, but it's also a lot of responsibility. And so what I found as a 19-year-old that within the first couple of weeks of camp, I was thrown into one of those intense situations where I had to speak up on behalf of the safety and well-being of one of my campers. And I was forced to go to the camp director to report inappropriate behavior on the part of one of my fellow counselors, which turned out to be the first strike and a pattern that led to that counselor being fired a few weeks later. So, kind of intense. And so for that and other reasons, I started to feel like I really wasn't cut out to be working in this job, but somehow I was gonna have to make it work for the rest of that summer. So now while there were those things that I liked about camp, overall, what I found um, was that being a camp counselor was pretty far out of my comfort zone. Um, Maybe I didn't really fit the usual kind of um, template for uh, fun, outdoorsy camp counselor, although I think I was the one who was good at leading the Bible studies and making the snacks and making the crafts. I think maybe I was good at leading the hikes. Uh, but overall, I felt kind of insecure. A few weeks into the eight weeks of, of our time at camp, though, a new person entered the mix, and she kind of, in some ways, changed that dynamic for me and made camp better. 
Um, Allison was a little bit older than us, or maybe a lot older than us college students. It was hard for me to tell her age, because at 19, everyone just seems like way older than you. She was probably in her 30s or her 40s. And she had actually come all the way from St. Andrews in Scotland to visit friends in Florida and also to volunteer at our camp for the month. So Allison filled in as that extra person who helped out in the arts and crafts area and wherever else she was needed around the camp. For me, it kind of felt like God had sent her to be a mentor and encourager to kind of help me as I fumbled my way through the rest of that summer of being a camp counselor. Now, at the end of Allison's month at the camp, which wasn't actually the end of the whole summer because she was just there for four out of the eight weeks, uh, Allison and I made some plans that I would visit her sometime that fall because I was actually also getting ready um, to go study abroad in England for the semester. And so as we parted ways, I can still really vividly remember that Allison wrote down and then prayed for me what was one of her favorite prayers. It was kind of like a going away gift a prayer that Allison called a hedge of protection. And so it turns out that that prayer is actually the very passage that we hear today from Ephesians 6 about putting on the full armor of God. Allison explained to me that she liked to imagine that she was really putting on each piece of armor and that sometimes she found it helpful to even go through the motions as if she were buckling a belt or putting on a helmet to make this prayer of spiritual protection feel more tangible and real. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So now, when I think back on that year of being 19 years old, I see how I was taking some risks. I was trying out some new things and trying to figure out what I was going to do next in life. After my two months at the camp, I went home for a few weeks to prepare for what seemed like an even bigger and riskier adventure, which was that I, at age 19, was leaving the country for the very first time, and then I'd be gone for three and a half months, fully immersing myself in a totally different system of education. And yes, even though it was England, it really was a totally different way of life there in Nottingham. And I did take the train up to Scotland for a long weekend that November to visit Allison. If you're familiar with Scottish culture at all, it was Guy Fawkes Day weekend, so there were lots of fireworks and barbecues and things like that. Kind of like our 4th of July, but in November. And once again, I was refreshed by Allison's gift of hospitality and her gift of encouragement. I was encouraged by her faith in a God who wants to cover each one of us with a hedge of protection, a God whose attributes we can clothe ourselves in as we wear the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and the shoes that allow us to deliver the gospel of peace. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul writes of putting on the whole armor of God. 
And then in his letter to the Galatians, Paul says that as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Lauren Winner, who some of you here know, and I think she may have spoken here a few years ago, is an Episcopal priest and a professor at Duke Divinity School. And she wrote a whole book that she titled Wearing God, which is about the metaphors that are woven throughout the Bible to express our relationship with God in ways that we can see and hear and even feel in our daily life. She digs deep into the implications of what it means to clothe ourselves with Christ, talking about our level of closeness with God, a God who wants to clothe us. And if you think about what that means to wear clothing, we have God clinging to us. He's right up against our skin. He's taking on our shape and our size and even all of our bumps and curves and rough edges. So being clothed with Christ also carries connotations of being protected in Christ. While Paul talks of God as being like armor, Winter talks about God as being like a soft, cozy sweater. And I think we can understand God as being both of those things. We put on a sweater to keep us warm. We put on a raincoat to keep us dry. Being clothed with Christ or putting on the full armor of God means that we are both protected by and close to God. And that God is sticking close to us. He's literally clinging that close to us, as, clo as close as our clothing, as comforting as our favorite hoodie or sweater. And not only that, but being clothed with Christ and putting on the armor of all the attributes of God impacts who we understand ourselves to be as well as who, we as, as well as who others experience us to be. When we're putting on Christ, we're making choices that move us more and more in the direction of wanting to share with others this comforting and protective clothing of Christ. But I wonder what Jesus or the Apostle Paul or Lauren Winner for that matter would think about putting on something else as a way of clothing ourselves with Christ. I wonder if we need to be thinking of wearing our masks as another way of putting on the full armor of God, of wearing our masks as another way of clothing ourselves with Christ. And I wonder what would happen if each time we put on our masks, we begin to think of doing so as being in itself a kind of spiritual practice. I wonder if each time we choose to put on our mask, we might even consider it an opportunity for saying a prayer. We could pray for all of those who are sick, or maybe for a specific person or people we know who are sick. We could pray for those who are grieving dearly loved family and friends. We could pray for those who are working in hospitals and in other frontline roles. We could pray for the families and caregivers of those who are sick. I wonder if we might even think of the very act of placing a mask on our face as a physical manifestation of prayer, a prayer of love for God and a prayer of love for neighbor. Now, I do realize that for some, as in the gospel from John today, that this may be a difficult teaching. 
But as I close this sermon, I invite you all to pray along with me a prayer, which was written over a year ago, back in July of 2020, because, of course, the pandemic has been going on for quite a while longer than that. And this prayer was written by the Right Reverend Dr. Richard Bott, who's the moderator of the United Church of Canada. And this prayer has echoed amongst many believers in churches in Canada and in the, in the U.S. and around the world. So I invite you to let this be our prayer together this morning. Creator, as I go, as I prepare to go into the world, help me to see the sacrament and the wearing of this cloth. Let it be an outward sign of an inward grace, a tangible and visible way of living love for my neighbors as I love myself. Christ, since my lips will be covered, uncover my heart, that people would see my smile and the crinkles around my eyes. Since my voice may be muffled, help me to speak clearly, not only with my words, but with my actions. Holy Spirit, as the elastic touches my ears, remind me to listen carefully and full of care to all those I meet. May this simple piece of cloth be shield and banner, and each breath that it holds be filled with your love. In your name, and in that love, I pray. May it be so. May it be so. Amen.